push it down. That is fantastic. What a great atmosphere today. And uh, one of the great things to uh, value and treasure in life is the presence of God. Without it, there's darkness and despondency, lack of hope. Uh, all kinds of issues come. But when we welcome the presence of God and make it part of our life to do so and uh, celebrate his presence and give ourselves to him when we worship, then we can experience freedom. There's a great freedom today I could feel. But uh, I encourage you to participate. I encourage you to make your offering to the Lord, not just financial offering, but to with your hands clapping or feet moving. You know, if you, I can get up the front and still dance around a bit. And so that means anyone younger than me definitely can. So you should be up there doing it. Young one, some of you young ones need to be get going. Hey Amen. And Matthew, that was fantastic. You know what I loved? I loved when you began to talk about what you had painted into the painting. And then as I looked, I saw it, you know, I couldn't, I looked, I thought it was a picture of Jesus. I recognized him, you know, and then, then as you, as you paint, as you described it, you, you were bringing out really important aspects. It's fantastic. And uh, I think sometimes we need the uh, painter, the author to explain the creation so we can understand it. We need God to explain his creation to us, don't we, eh? Can I pray for you? I'd love to pray for you and believe God will touch your life. Yeah, why not? Why not? Come on, God loves people. Let me just hold my hand. That's right. That's all right. There you go. Just close your eyes for a moment. And, uh, you know, God, God is a creative God. So when you express creativity, you're expressing what God is like. You're bringing his nature out. Father, I just pray for Matt today. I pray, Lord, that increased blessing and favor would come upon him. I pray, Lord, that your hand would favor him in school, in his studies, and everything he puts his hand to. I pray, Lord, you would favor him with people, that people would respond to him. And I pray doorways would open for him. That within the nation, Lord, he will emerge at the timing you've appointed. We thank you, Lord, there's a timing for these things. So, Father, I just bless Matt. I just pray, Lord, your hand to come upon him. And this is what I, uh, I feel God saying for you today. That as you worship him and develop in your life this flow of worship, God is going to give you visions. You know, part of the legacy that is promised in the book of Acts is that when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, that we will see visions. The young men will see visions. And so when we read in the Bible, many of the people who wrote things which were hard to understand saw visions. You need to seek them. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying that he's going to put his anointing on you to open your eyes to see. And so the ministry you have is not just that you paint paintings. The ministry that you have is one of seeing things of God, seeing life from God's perspective, seeing it through the eyes of faith and through the eyes of your creator, and then expressing it in a way that impacts people. And uh, you'll develop your skills and give yourself to learning the talents that develop what gift God's put in you. But by far the most important thing is that you develop your time with God to learn to recognize his voice, to open, to allow him to bring visions to you. You're going to find he's going to drop ideas into you. You'll see the picture, and then you paint the picture. You'll see it, then you paint it. 
Jesus said, I do the things I see my father doing. So he lived out of a revelation realm. And I believe that God is going to open up for you a realm of creativity in the prophetic and an ability to express and to put things down. You find yourself waking up, seeing things, waking up, wanting to write things down. This is a gift that God has given you. As you're faithful with that gift, it's going to become a source of income. It's going to become a source of you being known. And it will grow well beyond what you did today into a gift that brings immense blessing to people. And I see you in front of many, many people and you are painting live. And I see you're bringing the gospel to people because your painting is a reflection of your experiences with God and, the, and what's on God's heart. So don't be a copier of anyone. Allow God to breathe into you his uniqueness. And Father, I just thank you today. I just release your anointing and presence in the man. Touch him now. <sighs> breathe in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Creativity, prophetic visions and dreams. I release them into you now. In Jesus' name. Whoa. You can feel the presence of God. Just stay there. Don't hurry to get up. You can stay there the rest of the service if you like. Just while you feel the presence of God on you, just stay there under that influence. So you close your eyes so you're not distracted. And you just fix your mind on the Lord and listen. Like Samuel did. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Speak, your servant is listening. Touch him, Lord. Touch him. Amen. How wonderful. How wonderful the presence of God. And uh, come on over. Yeah. Peter, Peter, just come. Peter, just come. Just come to stand here. Just on that white spot there. X marks the spot. Father, touch Peter. Peter, it's like God has flung a door open for you now. And you've, you've seen a door opening and suddenly it's like insight has come to you that you can be something. And in Christ you can be. And, and I feel as though you've lived, you've been like Lazarus. You come out of the tomb, but you've been wrapped up in the grave clothes of your past, your background, and all those kind of things that come around us, whatever culture we're in, that, that produce a restriction and a limitations. And I feel the word of the Lord is dare to dream Dare to dream of the good things that God will do. Dare to dream of possibilities that God has for you. And I just see in this coming six months, there's going to be favor come upon you in an unusual way in the workplace. And there's going to be favor grow increasingly upon you among people. And I see you starting to father and disciple people. It's like you've got this desire. You've got this thing of fathering, a fathering heart. And as you've uh, honored God and you've honored his representatives and you've served God is now going to put honor on you and it's not like you to try and do anything it's just there and you'll constantly think well I don't have much but actually you've got something of God a deposit of God now Lord breathe upon him touch him let the anointing of heaven come upon him now for this next season <sighs> touch him right now pour out your spirit <laughs> you can feel that anointing all over you <sighs> more Lord just breathe life upon him in Jesus mind and there you can feel the presence of God 
and joy coming and gladness coming. Thank you, Lord. Touch. Touch him right now with power in Jesus' mighty name. There it is. The power of God is resting all over you. Amen. Well, come on, let's give the Lord a clap and thank him. Hey, that was good, wasn't it? Amen. All right. Put your hand on my hand again. You want more? You want some more? Close your eyes. Someone will get behind you to catch you. That's right. Don't you bang your head on that back over there. That's right. Just close your eyes. As you look up and just like you open your inner man, power of God will touch you right now. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. What a great day. So young people are rising and emerging. Amen. Okay, I want you to open your Bible with me in 1 Peter 5.8. I've just so loved the worship this morning. Love to just keep on in it. It's just such an atmosphere and it leaves you refreshed. You walk away like I had a good shower. And in fact, I had a good shower this morning, eh? One or two did. <laughs> uh, I spoke a, a message a, a little while ago called Developing a Warrior Spirit. And I want to pick it up again. I felt I have uh, more the Lord has been speaking to me about in this area. And uh, each part of it opens the, our thinking, just takes us a bit further. So let's go back where we were with a couple of scriptures where we were. Then I'll open some, just some fresh things. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 it says, and it's talking to believers here. If you're a believer here, he's talking to you. Be sober. Be sober. In other words, clear-headed, not under the influence of any kind of situation, circumstance, drug, or anything like that. Be vigilant. In other words, stay alert. Stay awake. Be awake what's going on in your personal life because. So there's a reason you need to keep your head clear, a reason you need to stay alert, and that is this, because something is happening. Now, most people I know live as though this isn't happening. But the Bible is very clear what is happening. It says, your adversary, your adversary, your opponent. So every believer, every person here, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you have a personal adversary. Uh, we live and we're born into and we're alive and we're born into a world that is in conflict. No matter how much people try, they can't solve the conflicts of the world. In fact, they just put one out somewhere and another one starts over here. And the conclusion you would have to come to is something keeps these things alive. You put one out here, another one starts over there. We look at the education and all the people know and learn, and yet the issues, more young people, depressed, suicidal, going through addictions and all kinds of issues. There is a conflict going on. It's a conflict for the souls of men. It's a conflict for your destiny, your future. Make no mistake, you are in that conflict. When you were born into this earth, you were born into a zone where the warfare takes place, and there are forces at work cause unseen spirit beings influencing people. Now, as a Christian, we're not called to focus on that. Our focus, as we'll see, is on Jesus Christ, what He has done for us, but also how we enforce that in our lives and around us. If you aren't alert and aware what's going on in your personal life, then you will be quickly overtaken and find, you see, spiritual failure and oppression doesn't come quickly, it comes gradually and slowly. And then one day you wake up and you wonder, I have no joy in God, I've lost my freedom, I've lost my hunger for spiritual things, somehow I'm back into old sin patterns that I got out of once before. What has happened to me? How did I get there? Yeah, the city's full of people who are like that. They don't go to church, they're not attending and fellowship anywhere, their lives have been overthrown because they didn't realize you have an adversary. 
and he prowls like a roaring lion seeking to intimidate and devour your destiny, your marriage, your family, your finances, your health, your mental attitudes, your emotions. He is a devourer. Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to not want to talk about this stuff or to consciously want to avoid it is to fall straight into the trap of being able to be, of being unaware and not empowered. So God wants us to be empowered in this. So the Bible tells us about this warfare in a number of places. And it tells us something about Jesus Christ. Many people love to picture Jesus at Christmas time as an infant in the manger. It's a beautiful picture, a very religious picture. It's a, an aspect of Jesus. But the aspect that is often brought out is his weakness and vulnerability. And what is not brought out is the fact that Jesus Christ is a warrior king. His nature is a warrior. He is a man of war. He is a soldier. The Bible reveals many different aspects of Jesus. He's like a diamond. The more you look, the more you see. My wife's got a beautiful diamond I gave her when we got engaged. I like to look at it. It has got many facets, and every one of them, whoosh, get the light on it. Hey, it looks good. It looks good. You look close into it. If it's pure and no, no, uh, no thing, cracks and things inside it, it sparkles and brings the light out. And Christ is like this. There are many facets of it. And we tend to want to focus on only those facets which center around him blessing me. So we like to know, well, he loves me. We like to know that he forgives our sins. And this is powerful stuff, and we need to know it, but it's also baby stuff. The Bible says in the book of John, 1 John, it talks about three levels of development. Uh, one is the baby stage where you need to know that Jesus forgave your sins. Listen, if you've fallen over, he's forgiven your sins. Get back up again. He loves you. When he cares for but he loves you. You know, and, and so, but you don't want to stay at that stage. You need to take that and then grow and add to that. Somebody said, young men, oh, young men, you are strong. And you're strong because the Word of God abides in you. You've got into the Word of God. And you have overcome the wicked one. So what makes you a strong man, what makes you a young man, spiritually, is strength inside, which shows up in the place and days of adversity. Uh, the Word of God is in your heart and in your mouth. It's a part of your life. And three, you know how to lick the devil when he comes around trying to put you down. Now, my observation is that's not the experience of most Christians I know. They live depressed, defeated, lack of joy. And you come in and... <laughs> Hello? You're not a young man. You've gone back to the baby stage again. You need someone to help you get up. Jesus loves you. He's forgiven your sins. Come on. Get back up on your feet. Get up on your feet. You do that to little kids when they're trying to walk, don't you? Come on, don't worry. Get back up and get on your feet again. See, but we don't want to stay there. The Bible says in Exodus 15 verse 3, it says the Lord is a man of war. He is a champion. That word man of war means literally to be a champion, to be a mighty warrior, to be one who fights battles. It's in the nature of God to be a conqueror and overcomer. And when he made man in his image and likeness, he put that same thing inside you. That's why you've got a bit of a competitive streak. That's why you like a challenge. That's why you like to get something done. 
That's why you like to do that, because it's part of God nature in you. That's why when a challenge comes, when you rise up and overcome it, oh my, there's something that really feels good about that. And have you noticed, if someone is a coward, that means they just look after themselves, they're not worried about anyone else being hurt, they're out to save and protect themselves. Like that captain of that cruise ship that fell over and he happened to get bumped and fall into a lifeboat before everyone else got off the ship. The world absolutely scorned him. They totally scorned him as being a coward, abandoning his post in the face of adversity. So, so even in natural things, people hate a coward. You ever watch the movie when there's a coward in the movie? Don't you? You just feel so... But you see someone in a movie and they've been put down and they just hold on to their dream and then they rise up and finally they break through. They, oh, yes, you feel touched in your heart. You feel you want to weep. You ever know that? Men cry in movies too. You know, so there are some movies when you see the underdog break out and he finally comes and gets to the place of recognition and he's, he's won the battles and you... It's hard to, don't let on I'm crying, but I'm crying. And I was in a movie the other day, and my granddad cried, she said. I thought she didn't notice, but I was crying. But it was a movie where there was this kind of breakthrough. Ask yourself, I wonder why you feel emotion when something like that happens. Because in your heart, you identify, I'm part of humanity that's been put down. And when I see someone else rise up, it deeply stirs in me, my own desire to get the victory, to be a champion, to rise up. The little man rose up and become a champion. And that is the story of the gospel. Jesus Christ coming to make little men who have been defeated and oppressed champions. Oh, you've got a champion spirit inside you. In Isaiah 42, verse 13, it says, The Lord shall go forth like a champion, a mighty man of war. Oh, Hey? And people like to think of Jesus being soft and meek, but man, he was tough. He was tough. Uh, you know, in Matthew 2, verse 2, you know, we go, the, see, when I see Christmas things, see the baby in the manger, I've got to stop going back into my old religious background. Ah, it's Christmas, the baby in the manger. You need Matthew 2, 2, it says this. He was born a king. So when they saw that baby in the manger... He was a king. He was born as a king into this world. He came from royal family. He came to start a new family of kings, a new line of kings. He came into this earth as a warrior. Sure, he was born in humility. Sure, he was born in obscurity. Sure, he was born to a nation that had been overrun and were defeated and were abused in every way possible. But he was born as a conquering king. He came to do war. We forget that. You're all caught up with Christmas trees and things and forget that Jesus coming in was an act of war. It was heaven invading earth and declaring war. That's why Herod tried to kill him. It made him incredibly insecure that there's another king. Nations still get insecure when there's another king. Sunday Elijah can't get out of Ukraine where he lives because he preaches that there's another king. They say, you leave here, you won't come back. We don't want you back here preaching that message. We want you to bow down to the government. 
instead of serving another king. We look in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 11 to 16, and we see Jesus returning. And how does he return? He returns on a white horse. He turns as a soldier. He returns as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He returns as one who will do battle and overcome all his enemies. All through the Bible, from one end to the other, one thing is clear. There is a river of conflict. There's a river of revelation that our God is a warrior. Oh, I tell you, there was a day when Joshua went into battle. God got so excited he joined in with him. He'll rocks down from heaven to help him out. God is a warrior. That's in his nature. And because you're born in the image of God, you have that nature inside you. And not only that, the Bible tells us God is conforming us to become like Jesus Christ. His plan for every person here is to be like Jesus Christ in nature. And Jesus was never oppressed or depressed. He came as a warrior. He grew up and learned how to live under the direction of his father. And then when he began his ministry, it began in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you start to see him doing things. In 1 John 3 verse 8, second part, it tells us he came to destroy the works of the devil. Sometimes we forget that. We think, well, he came to tell us God loves us. That is a great revelation. It is true. God is love. You can't get enough of that revelation. Everything in the kingdom is built on that. But that's not all. He came to address the enemies of love. Could you bring that volume down a bit? It's ringing. He came to confront the enemies of love. He came to confront spirit powers that destroy people's life with rejection, abandonment, fears, lusts, anxieties, depressions, sorrows, setbacks, hopelessness, suicide, abuse, all kinds of tragedies in the world are the works not of God but of the devil. And that's what Jesus came to confront and expose what was behind it. Remember the fruit is the evidence of something causing it. So when Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, he did it by exposing the devil and then stripping him of his power. Sometimes people think there's a big devil, a little God, or they're just about equal, but it's not so. Jesus wrought a decisive victory. Whenever Jesus faced issues, he treated it as being spiritually empowered. And he spoke to the spirits, he spoke to the sicknesses, he spoke to the storms. He lived a life that was in the physical world fully present, but he was aware that behind it and around it and in it and through it is a spirit world that influences what's going on. And so he confronted it. You find him and he's in a church sitting and there it is, a man such yelling out with demons. Out came into the light the hidden source of problem. He exposed it and then demonstrated those things are frightened of me and they're subject to me. Oh, you want to read all the examples of Jesus' deliverance and see how terrified spirits are of him. I want you to see what Jesus did. The greatest act he did is found in Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I love these verses. They are very special and uh, they're very powerful verses. I'll just highlight them rather than go into them in any depth. In verse 13, the second part, he made us alive together with him, having forgiven us all trespasses. 
How powerful is that? Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us and contrary to us. In other words, every list of things against us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Now notice what else he did. He disarmed or stripped principalities and powers of their armor and their weapons they had been using against mankind. One of the greatest things that was accomplished at Calvary. Calvary was not just about Jesus dying on the cross. It was about an immense cosmic conflict for the souls and the future of men. For your life, for your future, for your children. That's what that was about. It was Jesus acting as our representative. He took everything the devil could use against you. He took all your sins, all your transgressions, all your failures, all the crookedness in our lives. He took the sorrows. He took the griefs. He took it all so that he could strip away from spiritual powers their ability to use that against us. Listen, being a Christian is not about being a strong person. It's about understanding what Christ has done and bringing it into reality through faith in our life. It's not about you trying to be strong. You can't try to be a Christian. The more you try, the more frustrated you get. It's about Christ's victory on our behalf and our being connected to Him. He is the conqueror. It's when you're connected to Him, you can win. Disconnected from Him, you're a tryhard. And you try very hard and you get very frustrated and then you become religious. So you try to look good. But there's all sorts of mess going on. Know about that? You probably know someone like that. We've all been there at some place. So religion only deals with outward behavior. God is looking at your heart and wants to transform your heart, your heart beliefs, so you stand up in the fullness of what he's done for us. So it tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 what God has done in Christ. And it prays... Uh, in Ephesians, Paul is praying for us that we would get some revelation around our life. What he wants is the revelation. This is what he wants us to get revelation. This is what you need to know. He said, I pray in verse 17 that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. In other words, he's saying, you need God to give this to you. You need the Holy Spirit to make this real for you, or it's just a lot of words. And he said that Your eyes of your understanding or your heart or your spirit, your inner man, your imagination will be enlightened so you know something. The fantastic hope of what he has called you to be. The riches of glory of his inheritance in us. What he gets out of this. And the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his power which he wrought when he raised Christ from the dead. God wants you to have a revelation, not just of the cross and the battle Jesus won, but of the amazing power that was released following that. That resurrection power is what God wants you to live out of. Not live out of willpower, but out of an exchanged life. My weakness for his strength. My weakness for his strength. My shame for his glory. It's an exchange. It's not about trying hard, which leaves you striving and frustrated and leaves you trying to do the things of God without the power of God. That's what religion looks like. Empty and devoid of life. 
But he's talking about an exchange. He wants you to have a revelation that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to work in you. The Holy Spirit can work in you and empower you to overcome things. If there's an issue, he can reveal it to you and enable you to overcome it. It takes courage to face issues in life. It takes courage to face your past and identify its impact on your life and bring things to resolution at the cross. That takes courage. It takes courage to admit you're abused, it's wrecked your life, opened the door to demons, and you've been struggling all your life. That takes courage. That takes a warrior heart. See, we tend to think of a warrior as someone way out there on a battlefield, everyone watching them, but mostly our battles are unseen by people, but observed always by God. You are under observation from the spirit world. You are under observation from God. And every day that a challenge comes to you, you have an opportunity to apply the work that Christ did on your behalf and bring it to reality of manifestation in your life. God is not honored by Christians depressed, defeated, and drifting from a cycle of one problem to another. That does not honor Him. What honors Him is when they have the courage to face the issues and let go and release me. You know, it takes courage to forgive. That takes an amazing amount of strength to let go the debt that someone owes you because of how they treated you. That's a courageous act. It's an act of faith to let go. Yet many don't let go. So in the area of that struggle, they remain defeated. Some are holding and harboring all kinds of things in the heart. You'll have found when you did the course uh, that we're doing currently, keep your love on. Uh, it actually takes quite an effort to keep your love on because you don't want to. You'd rather punish them by disconnecting and avoiding. It takes a lot of courage to share what you're thinking, believing, and feeling, and needing, and wanting, and what you don't want. That takes courage. No one's watching when that happens. It's easier just to shut down and, oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. Of course, you didn't tell me. How could I possibly? You kept all your stuff inside you. So in the course, you'll have found lots of helpful things. What you wouldn't have found is that the source of some of the problems is not the skills and behaviors, but what's going on in your heart. And you have to deal with your heart. It takes courage to deal with your heart. See, religion's about keeping laws. There's no responsibility and courage to keep laws. It takes a real issue of responsibility to own your stuff and to listen to God and respond to the Holy Spirit. How can we possibly live our Christian life without the person of the Holy Spirit helping us? Because He is the warrior spirit. And God put him in you so you could be courageous. Courageous may look like saying no when everyone else is saying yes. Courageous might be saying, I forgive when everything in you want to do something else. See, some know what I'm talking about. Others are trying to hide it. It's showing on your face though. 
I don't want to forgive. Don't you talk to me like that. I have to forgive. You don't have to forgive. You don't have to. You choose to because of the benefits that it brings. Or you choose not to. And then you're depressed. So, notice it tells us in Ephesians 2, then verse 6, that God has raised us up together and seated us in heavenly places in Christ. So notice this, that not only did Jesus get the victory, but he won that victory once for all decisively. Now you understand, in the Second World War, when the war came to an end, they sat down at a table and they signed, the war has ended. But there was a fight for quite a long time after that. There are a lot of people who didn't know the war had ended. They have to be rocked up and found out and told this has ended. There are some people in the Philippines hid there, and 15 years later they're still fighting because they didn't know the war had ended. They didn't know they had lost. They had to be told. You lost. Now, spiritual warfare is a lot about telling the devil, you lost. You lost once and for all and decisively. You lost, and our man won. And because I'm joined to our man, I'm in him, he's in me, I'm a winner too. See, that's what this is about. And so our victory is Christ's victory. He won a victory for us that releases power into our lives. Look what it tells us in uh, 2 Timothy 2. Well, just a couple more verses and finish up. 2 Timothy 2. I don't think many Christians have seen this verse, or if they have, they've kind of... In verse 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4. You'll love these verses. Paul is writing to Timothy, a young man of God. But this is true of all people who desire to be men and women of God. Notice what he says. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ. And say, listen, you need to toughen up, man. You need to get your willpower on. He didn't say that. He said, you need to become strong in the grace that's in Christ. Grace is God's empowerment. And it comes when you humble yourself to admit you need it and by faith reach out to receive it. Okay, now what he tells him to, what he tells him to do is this. Here it is. He says, in, you, must, you must, therefore, endure hardship as a good soldier of the law of Jesus Christ. Let's say we're a good soldier. Outstanding, excellent champion warrior. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. Now look at that. Soldier means a warrior, a champion for the cause of Christ. So you got delivered out of the kingdom of darkness when you came to Christ, put in the kingdom of God, but there's no neutral place. You are now part of a kingdom and a cause. The cause is called... Reaching the world for Christ and making disciples of all nations. That's the cause. So when you got born into the kingdom of God, you were born to become, and I know we love, oh, I want to be the bride. I want to just be him love me. And well, that's wonderful. And there's a great revelation around this. But I'm wanting you to see there's another thing you may not want to look at, and that is you're a soldier. Yes. <laughs> you're a soldier. I don't feel like a soldier. I don't win very often. Whether you feel you are or not is not the point. You are. You are a soldier. And notice what this, it says, endure hardship as a good soldier of the Lord. In other words, don't be a soft, mamby-pamby, quitter, doesn't get up in the morning to pray, Christian. B, endure hardship. 
difficulties, pressures, stick at it. Don't be a quitter. If you're hanging long enough into God, everything around you changes. I've proven that in my life. So endure hardship as a good soldier or champion in the cause of Christ. All right? How about that? That's a good scripture, isn't it? Tell someone you're a soldier. Thank God, they don't look like it, do they? Never mind. It's always hard to, hard to tell sometimes. He said, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who's enlisted him as a soldier. He said, well, listen, when I gave my heart to Jesus, there was no talk about being a soldier. They just said, God loves you. He's forgiven your sins. You've received Christ. Come to him. Yeah, well, that's, the picture is you're coming into his lordship, into a new kingdom, into a new ownership, a new cause. You're going to live for something different. Now, notice it says, you want to please the one who chose you to be a soldier. That word chose means to select as a warrior, to choose out to be a soldier in a campaign. Now, don't think you were smart enough to get yourself saved. You weren't that smart. You fought against it a long time, but God had people praying for you, and they kept praying in spite of your cranky rejection, and they kept at it. And then one day, you had this great idea. I feel in my heart, I don't know what's happening to me, but here I am at the front, I'm receiving Jesus. What happened? I don't know what happened. Well, God just chose you to be a soldier. He chose you to be part of his army. He chose you to engage in a military campaign called Change This World for Christ, Make Disciples of Every Nation. You are put into that campaign. See, you know, when you go into the army, the first thing they do is give you a buzz cut. It's, and they kind of dress you in a uniform. So, and you get, then they teach you how to obey orders. <laughs> so you think I'm in the army, give me the gun, I want to shoot something. No, 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 no. You don't get to shoot anything for a while. You get to march until you've learned when the captain says, yes, yes, straight on, straight away. Well, see, that's why so many of the soldiers are, are prisoners of war. Prisoner of war is being taken captive by the enemy. They think they're free, but actually, no matter how much they shout, they're still in a prison camp. You can shout in the prison camp. You can come to church on Sunday and shout all you like. But if you're in a prison camp, you're in a prison camp. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the prison's in your head, in your heart. Come on, she's out of the prison. So he has chosen you. You didn't choose yourself. You didn't say, I think I've got a good idea. There are a lot of problems in the world. I think I'll enlist in Jesus' army. He just reached out. He grabbed you. He loved you. You wept. You repented. Your life went through messes. He started to clean you up. And then you find yourself in church. What am I doing here? What's this all about? Well, you've been enlisted in an army, and you've got a military campaign. It's called the local church's mission to reach the community and beyond the community. That's what it is. Everyone's enlisted. You were chosen. You didn't enlist yourself. That's kind of called a draft. You know, they draft you. Except in this one, you have a say. You can say yes to Jesus or no. But when you say yes, you've got no idea what lies ahead. <laughs> no one told me he's putting me in an army. I'm not equipped to be in an army. I want to sleep in in the mornings. <laughs> Get up and pray. Whoa. Read the Bible. Whoa. Okay, you prefer the enemy give you a licking. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need to learn something here. So he chose you. He chose you. No man who warreth. So that means... You're called to be in a military campaign and to fight a battle where you win 
And you win not by trying hard, but by bringing the resources of heaven into the earth. And faith is what does that. Faith is what enables you to do that. Faith, your vital connection to Christ, enables you to do that. So we need to understand, I, the devil is not above me, I'm above him. I am joined to Christ who conquered him, one decisive battle. I need to know where I am. Therefore, I'm not fighting to get a victory. My fight is actually called the fight of faith. It's a fight to believe. See, the problem we have is we don't really believe. So that's where the problem lies. The, the devil's called the father of lies. If you be, believe a lie, then you don't believe the truth. Therefore, you can't receive the resources of heaven. Getting free of the lie and acknowledging the truth makes way for God to free you. See? Makes way for God to free you. It's exactly what happened. So the problem is, if you lived in a bewildered, confused state with all kinds of lies and things running around in your heart, you will live defeated most of the time. Our journey is a journey to shift in our heart. Our fight is the fight of faith. It's not a fight to win. It's a fight to believe. You live in a community where there's an environment of unbelief, an atmosphere of unbelief. It's in churches everywhere. Atmosphere of unbelief. No expectation for the supernatural. Half-heartedness, lukewarmness, passivity. All of that means bondage. Anytime I go into a place, I know there are demons everywhere. See? See? Because people are defeated. Don't know how to get out of their prison hands. They haven't learned what Christ won on the cross and how to apply it specifically to your life to get free. That's the core of it. It's applying to our personal life, first of all, and then to the environment around us so we bring an atmosphere of God everywhere we go. And wherever you go, you carry joy and you carry life and you carry freedom. Amen. So some people singing freedom this morning, it didn't look very free to me. I didn't dare look around. I didn't look around, you know. When I think freedom, I think of, you know, that movie. Yeah, with Mel Gibson. Don't know who he was even playing. Freedom! Well, oh, there was a bit of passion in that. I sing, I'm freedom, I'm afraid, I'm the freedom of the Lord. The freedom. That doesn't seem very free. I don't know about you, but it doesn't look very free to me. Something is holding you back from getting excited in God. Oh. So, it, so here it is. Jesus won the victory. So there's no place for neutrality. You can't say, listen, guys, war's not my thing. Play it calm. I'm going to cruise along. Not going to do too much for the Lord. That might start off a battle I don't want to get into. See? Or passivity. It's too much effort. Oh, I'm not much. And that kind of heaviness. There's a lot of people. That's a, these are real problems in New Zealand. They're problems in many places, but they are problems we have to conquer here. No neutrality. No sitting on the fence. No compromise. In 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, there was a group of people who wanted to compromise. They said, please, don't bother us. And the guy that was coming against them was called Nahash the Ammonite, and the word Nahash means the serpent. So the serpent was coming against them, meaning they were under spiritual and demonic attack. And so they said, look, just, could you just leave us alone? And uh, whatever you want, we'll be happy to cooperate. I'm sure we can work out a deal. And he said, yep, I got a deal for you. I won't attack you and kill you. I'll just take out your right eye and then you won't be able to fight any wars 
you'll be useless. So what they used to do was pluck out their eye. It's hard when you've got a shield on your left hand and you've got to look out there, you can't sort of see my one eye, you've got to stick your whole head out, gone. It's just to stop you being a warrior, stop you being a fighter. And it's a sign, you know, you want to imagine look at a whole church of people and someone's poked out their right eye. And you look around and think, this I don't know whether anyone else notices it, but there's something a little strange in this church. No, all the right eyes are gone. Yep, all the right eyes are gone. Something's happened. What's happened? Compromise. Compromise with the devil. It never ends up any good. It's just a downhill path all the way. You can't, you've got to make decisions. This is who I am. I am a soldier. I was, in, I was called to be this. And if God has called me, he believes in me that I am a champion. I may not look a champion, but I am a champion. I may not be manifesting fully what a champion lives like, but I still am a champion. In, in the book of Joel, it says, wake up the mighty man. Now, interesting enough, now notice this. Says, Even though they were asleep, they were still mighty men. They just needed a bit of a slapping. Wake up. That's right, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, hey, what's going on around here? Well, you fell into a demonic sleep and you didn't even realize what's happening around you. So people are defeated because, one, they're an unbeliever, they, they uh, have no relationship with Christ, so therefore they're under demonic influence all the time, just don't realize it, it's influencing decisions and ways they live their life. Two, they've opened the doorway through some sin, or three, they remain passive and wouldn't fight. God has promised we could fight and win. He said, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. It's time that you stood up inside and started to believe what God has to say. I'll finish with one last scripture. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 10, Revelations uh, chapter 2 and 3 tells about seven churches of Revelation. And get this, every one of them had a spirit assigned to it to defeat it. Every one of them was struggling under it, and every one of them Jesus acknowledged, man, you got some good things, but boy, there's something here needs to be sorted out. Fight! And then he said, if you fight and overcome, this is what I promise you. Now, you've got to understand this. If God spoke to the churches in Revelation and said, there's an issue, fight, and I'll cause everyone who overcomes to be blessed in a particular way, there must be unique blessings for our life when we fight the battles and win them. Maybe the fight against your past, the fight against fear, the fight against intimidation, the fight against lust, the fight against poverty and the fear of it, the fight against fears of conflict. There can be many things to fight. And it's not just a matter of willpower standing up. This is how you win. In Revelations 12, verse 10 through to 12, it says, the overcomer, the accuser of the brethren who accused them day and night before our God has been cast down. Jesus did the job. Now notice what it says, three things. And they overcame him. Imagine overcoming temptations consistently. Overcoming accusations consistently. Overcoming uh, intimidation consistently. How did they do it? Number one, it was by the blood of the Lamb. They chose to believe what Jesus Christ had done for them. He had took my sorrows. He, I'll give him my sorrows. He took my sicknesses. I'll let them go too. He took my fears. I'll let them go too. I will not live 
under that thing anymore. By the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus did and the willingness to open the heart and apply it. That's a journey. Secondly, by the word of their testimony, you've got to learn to speak. You've got to say things. You need to declare. See, God, everything comes from the spirit world into the natural world through words being spoken. You have to learn to speak words. So when we come to praise God, the Bible says praise stills the enemy. So I love the place filled with praise. I thank God for that saxophone up there. I've been wanting one for years. God, give us a trumpet and a violin, some more strings. Let's have a big, big band orchestra. And then we have a whole night of just worshiping God. It'd be wonderful. But, but an atmosphere of worship, you shift you. I notice many people come in and they're cold and they're a bit miserable and they're a bit heavy. But after we got free in the spirit, there was kind of like a joy. You smell like, oh, man, I just keep me in this. And this is good. I'm not even, even drinking any alcohol. I can't believe it. <laughs> some people don't dance. They've had some drinks. I get in here, drink in the Holy Ghost and become wild. And then watch my son Dave dance like he said he was going to. By the word of their test, you've got to speak. You've got to take God's word and speak it over your life. Pray it over your life. Get it into your heart. And when it's in your heart, get it out through your mouth. This is what the Lord has done. I'm a champion. I'm a warrior. I'm a soldier in Christ. I am seated in heavenly places. Need to get some testimony. And as, as, you, as you pray, you pray the word. You pray the word of God. It becomes your testimony. This is true of me, whether I feel like it or not. Father, today I pray that the spirit of might and power would come into my life. Strengthen me with might in the inner man by the Holy Ghost. That Christ may dwell in my heart by faith today. That I, with all saints, might know what is the length and breadth and height and depth of the love of Christ. And be filled with the fullness of God. You pray these things over your life. Take God's word. It has power. It is the sword of the spirit. If you're going to be a fighter, find out what the armor is and learn how to put it upon your life. Find out what the weapons are. Learn how to use them. I don't hear many people speak the word of God in their prayer time, nor when they get into conflict. They don't come up. This is the truth. And hold the truth of God. That's A warrior does that. Oh, you are a warrior. Wake up, oh mighty man. Wake up, oh men of God. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's wake up. Let's give the Lord a clap for the victory he has won for us. Your love is higher than the sky up above. Your love is higher than what I could dream of. It's the greatest of all. Just bring it down a little. Listen, just right now, before we finish, and we'll end up on a really high note. I'd just like to do this. If there's any person here today hasn't made the first step to receive Jesus Christ, 
It's the first step to walk into a relationship with God, a life that's changed and transformed. You don't need to live in defeat. You don't need to live in the things that you've had when God wants to put his love and his spirit into you. We're singing about that right now. It's an experience for everyone. It's called being born again, born from above, when God puts his spirit in your heart and changes you on the inside. You become a new person. You get a fresh start all by coming to Christ and putting your trust in him. So we're going to flow into a song right now and begin to just carry on the song and honoring God and just enjoying his presence. And any person who'd like to receive Christ, please come down and stand in the front here. I want to pray for you. I want to lead you to Christ. Just come stand right in front of me. But there's others today, and you know you're in a place of defeat, and God spoke to you very clearly that there's an area of your life that you need to face, an area of your heart you need to address or deal with. There's an area in how you're conducting your life. Perhaps there's passivity. You become passive and shut down. The dream is gone. The passion is gone. The love is gone. You're just in, listen, this is a downward path. It's no static positions in the kingdom. Or maybe you've just become neutral. You're just not too sure. Or maybe there's something that's really come around your life. And you say, God, I need, to, I need to stand up and push that thing off my life. Why don't you make your way to the front? We're going to just pray with you and agree with you that whatever it is you're struggling you, with, that the power of God would come to set you free. You, he has chosen you to be a soldier, part of a military campaign to change a city, region, and nation. Why don't you respond today and say yes to Jesus Christ? Come on, let's just flow back into that song. Why are we doing that? People today who need prayer, the sickness, heaviness, oppression, some kind of error, please make your way to the front right now. Come on, there's others need to come. Please come. Please come. That's right. Please come. Please come right now. If you know you're in a place of defeat, please come. Please come. Is there anyone else? Just come. Make your way to the front. Make your way to the front. Let's go. Make your way to the front. Please come. Please come. Your love is higher than the sky above. Now just, this is a moment of warfare for these ones who've come forward. It takes courage to step up and say, I'm not in a good place. I need God to heal my heart, to shift my beliefs. I choose to believe. Now, Lord, help me to believe. I choose to respond to Christ. Now set me free from what hinders me. Just while we're here, is there anyone here receiving Christ for the first time? Just come up because you want to receive Jesus. Just need to know that. All right, let's just flow back into that song again. Church, have a fantastic day. Come tonight. Let's just build vision together. Build our future together and enjoy one another. Let's overcome that pressure to just sit in front of a television and fritter away an hour. Just come and have a productive hour together. God bless you. Yeah, come up, okay, Dave, come up. Joy, come up and pray for some people. Come over and pray. Yeah,